Well, Sharon, it's great to have you with us here again today at All Classical Portland. Uh, we still have good memories of you spending a little time live with um, Suzanne Nance uh, playing some music on our on our oh, station. Yeah, I, I love Suzanne, and and uh, it was thrilling to be there. Let's talk about souvenirs of Spain and Italy. I always like to ask uh, the artists I interview, what was the starting point for the music on the album? Well, one of the first pieces we did together was the Baccarini Quintet, and then we decided to add Mario Castanuevo Tedesco because it's so rarely heard and, and rarely recorded, and it's a masterpiece for, of chamber music. In fact, it was in Mario's own words, one of his best ever for chamber music. So I think that it was a, a real conviction on our part of all of us because it's such a demanding work, it demands virtuosity almost on a concerto level for each of the instruments and then putting it all together. But we had the, the time to do that with rehearsals and performances before we, we ended up making the recording. Now, the Mario Castelnuovo Tedesco Quintet for Guitar and String Quartet uh, was an eye and ear opener for me. Uh, I love his music. It's beautiful. I love the guitar concerto number one and uh, some of the other um, chamber works. He also was a film composer, as I'm sure you know. Right. Um, yeah, but, um, but the story about this quintet was so charming to me. Um, maybe I can just tip it off a little bit that it has a Segovia connection, of course. Yes, and Segovia was performing the concerto, and the performance of that went very well, and he was asked by the Chamber Music Society if he would come back the following year and, and, and do something for them, and he said, well, only if Mario writes me a piece, and he was all too happy to oblige and managed to come up with that in the very year, and then Segovia went back after the piece was written in 1950 and performed it in the following season. So it's a real masterpiece, and I, I, I love the way he draws on his own Spanish heritage, Mario Casanueva Tedesco. His family originated in Spain and was forced to flee in 1492 to escape the Grand Inquisition, and they settled in Italy. And then Mario himself and his family had to flee the Nazis in the late 1930s and to save their lives took refuge in the United States and settled in California. So uh, that... There's that, a bitter irony there, isn't there? There really is. And you, you can't help but think of all the millions who didn't manage to survive and who lost their lives. And we would never have this incredible legacy of music if, if he had been slaughtered along with so many others. So it's, it's a, a real gift to the world that Castanueva Tedesco survived and that he went on to have this friendship, continue his friendship with Segovia that had been forged in Italy and write this beautiful piece along with so many dozens and dozens of other tremendous works for guitar.
Sharon, the quintet is in four movements, and it, it includes in the first movement a, I guess, tempo indication word that I had never come across before, which is schietto. Do you know what that is supposed to mean? Well, he's he's referring to it as a, a particularly Schubertian movement, and he, he calls it, in his own words, one of the most concise and stringent movements I've ever written. I'm not sure what he means by stringent. Uh, the second movement, the Andante Mesto, he says is his favorite with long, touching, melodic phrasing, I'm, I'm quoting him, and in which a typically Spanish melisma emerges. And he wrote above that, Souvenir de España. And he said that's followed by a, a scherzo a la third movement. And he says the quintet ends with a finale in 6-8, very contrapuntal, but also interrupted in the middle with the more languid rhythm of Abanabanera, another souvenir de España. So we, we took his notations of that as the impetus for the title of the album, Souvenirs of Spain and Italy, and to see him draw on that Spanish heritage in addition to his love of Schubert and in Italy is, is all a, a very delicious combination. Now the guitar is a delicious color and flavor of the piece, but um, he respectfully and wisely, in my opinion, doesn't use the string quartet as just your backup group. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. it, it is a very well-balanced piece. It really is remarkably well-balanced. We all get a turn to do something interesting in each of the movements and to interact with each, each other. And in every instrument is feeding off another, and he interweaves them in such a beautiful way. There's, there's definitely a lot of counterpoint. And it's, it's something that uh, re really requires a total dedication on the part of the performers to, to pull off. Now, you mentioned at the beginning of the conversation that the Boccherini uh, started things off uh, with your performances you'd done with Pacifica as well as the uh, Castelnuovo Tedesco. Um, but you also include work that has been performed and arranged many, many times by both lutenists and guitarists, and that's the Vivaldi Concerto in D major. We've heard so many different renditions of that, uh, everything from a guitar with a mid-sized chamber orchestra to one like this where it's, it's scaled way down uh, in terms of the number of instruments, and yet we still get everything that we're, we're looking for in this Vivaldi Concerto. In this particular setting, took the, the lute part, which Vivaldi did originally write for, and transformed it into a guitar part that took center stage instead of back up to the violin. And the arrangement of the Vivaldi concerto was done by the Spaniard Emilio Pujol, who had studied with Francisco Tadega, a well-known 19th century guitarist and composer. And in this process, he added a viola part and put the guitar front and center, transforming it from the lute version, which had the guitar not in the picture, but the lute as something of a backup to the violin and in inviting the three members of Pacifica to join me in this one violin, one viola, and one cello creates for a very intimate atmosphere. 
there's there's an interesting connection between the Vivaldi concerto and another work that you all included, which is by Joaquin Torina. I had never known this. In fact, I wanted to say as a side note that with each of the pieces you chose, I learned something new. And in the case of Torina's piece, I had no idea that it was originally piece for none other than four lutes. That, that's right. And they were unusual lutes, each of a different size and shape and range. And Turina realized that that wouldn't get a whole lot of performances, so he wanted to make sure that he did a version for string quartet, and that's what Pacifica does in this album. So the Turina writing for lute, that must have been like a, a, a specialty group that he had in mind back then, because I'd, I'd never heard of a, a lute quartet before. And you can actually hear that done by the actual instruments that he wrote them for on YouTube. I, I found that fascinating. I, I hadn't known of that history myself either. But it, the sustain that a string quartet is able to supply in this very evocative meditation on the part of a torreador before he goes to battle the bull is, is something that I think suits a string quartet in a, in a, a very magisterial way. There's kind of a crossing back and forth, uh, a crossing of, of time, Sharon, it seems to me, with with these four pieces. We have Vivaldi from the 18th century, but a 20th century guitarist, composer making an arrangement. And in the case of, uh, I feel the Castelnuovo Tedesco harkens back, maybe not intentionally, but, but to Boccherini, who you uh, end up with, with a guitar quintet, a, a guitar and string piece. Yes, and in the case of Baccarini, he was born in Italy, but ended up from the age of 18 living in Spain and eventually being under the employ of the Spanish king. And being a cellist, he loved to write many, many works for string quartet and cello that he could play, and then ended up arranging several of those for guitar and string quartet. This is his most famous one with the fiery fandango at the end. and. Uh, there's a, a quote from Casanova that I would say really sums it up in terms of the spirit. When Casanova first saw the dance of the Fandango being done in Madrid, he, he nearly went out of his mind. And he wrote in 1767, he said, quote, each couple, man and woman, taking no more than three steps at a time and clicking castanets to the sound of the orchestra make a thousand gestures take a thousand attitudes with a lasciviousness with which nothing can compare. This dance is the expression of love from beginning to end, from the sigh of desire to the ecstasy of enjoyment. So maybe you'll hear all of that in our version as well. And we invited a wonderful and creative castanet player and tambourine player to, to perform and improvise on those instruments. He's from Brazil, Eduardo Leandro and he plays in that fandango and adds such a lovely and luscious sense of color to it. Yeah, I understand it's castanets and tambourine, which I didn't realize, a tam is a tambourine usually brought in by the, the specialist who uh, lends the castanets to these pieces, or this piece? I would say there's no usual, and it's probably pretty rare for the tambourine to enter into the picture, but there are a couple of spots where it works so perfectly you'll hear them. 
how is how is playing that piece live like? I mean, do you have to hunt down the local castanet player? <laughs> Sometimes we do. Uh, when it's the Aspen Music Festival, we can get one of the percussionists to come in and, and do the castanet part. When it's on the road and there isn't that kind of option, Baccarini actually gave instructions for the cellist to tap on the, on the instrument and do an imitation of the castanet. So that's what we have Brandon Vemos doing when, when we uh, don't have a castanet. Oh, that's great. Well, it's such a colorful album, uh, so evocative, too. Um, and, and great notes by Alan Kozin, uh, who writes for uh, Wall Street Journal, I think, and New York Times, uh, lending his notes for your, for your recording. Great performance there with the Pacifica Quartet. Sharon Isman, thanks for joining me today, and we're looking forward to sharing all of these pieces with our listeners out here in Portland, Oregon, on All Classical Portland. 